Hello, and welcome to another edition of Lady Coders. This is Noelle Sheridy. I am your host. And today I'm actually going to focus on a topic that I'm very passionate about. And as soon as I share it with you, you'll be like, yes, you do that. Um, but I was recently on the phone uh, having a, one of my mentor chats uh, with um, a person a little bit earlier in their career than I am. Um, and a, a couple things, right? First, there's always someone who has less experience or less confidence than you do. And you should step into the role of helping them get to where you are. Literally, if you are one chapter ahead of someone, you can just help them get, you know, help them see the next few steps and be of real true value to them. Um, and so that's what I attempt to do. I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't think I'm like any kind of special, <laughs> like massively successful person. Um, but I do think I've achieved success in my little area of life. And if I can help just a couple people or even, you know, like the quote I say from, um, Bessie Stanley and, and Emerson, um, you know, if I could just help one life breathe a little easier, uh, then I feel like that's success for me. So, um, it's also extremely fulfilling. So I encourage you to do the same. But one of the topics they came up on our call was, you know, what happens? And, and I get this question a lot from people that I coach as well as just my friends and colleagues. You know, how do you, like, let's say you want to do something and you've never done it before. Or let's say you are searching for a job or trying to get a new role. Like, how, what are the best ways to do that? How do you get yourself you know, known, or how do you make sure that a recruiter understands that you're the perfect person for this job without you having to tell them in the form of resume? You know, in my mind, resumes are kind of old uh, way of doing things. Today, there are so many more ways to demonstrate your capability and experience um, as opposed to, you know, 20 bullets on a piece of paper. Um, so I would encourage you to kind of think about, you know, resumes 2.0 or whatever. Um, but the way that I have done it, and I started this back in like, oh goodness, 2000 and like seven, um, I started thinking about like, how could I demonstrate to a potential, uh, employer, to my colleagues, to my friends that I know what I'm doing now, granted, again, this is part of the challenge I face just being um, who I am and being a woman in technology, I'm often kind of just triple questioned about like, do you know what that is? What API is this? How do you use it? You know, and not like in a, I'm trying to learn more, more like in a, are you sure you know what you're talking about sense of way? So I wanted to create a way that was just super open and transparent about what I do know and what I don't know. And so I started, uh, to create a YouTube channel. I created a YouTube channel. It's called Noella Charity. You can go to youtube.com slash Noella Charity and you can see some of my early posts. I've curated that channel a bit <laughs> since, but, um, but you can see some of my posts from 2008 and uh, all the way through to kind of identify the types of things that I'm talking about. But isn't it, it would be so much better if somebody was looking for a candidate and they happened upon my LinkedIn profile and they saw videos of me doing the things I'm saying I can do, right? Building an Angular application, like building, um, using Go, creating a Java app, using um, a service like Cognitive Services, like build build demonstrations of that. A, 
You'll be able to demonstrate to the world that you know what you're doing. But B, you actually will help people, right? By teaching them. I also am a firm believer, and I I know this only the hard way. When I first started in my career, I was brand new to learning small talk and then eventually learning Java. And the only, what ended up happening is, is that I learned it, but then I very quickly got in a position, this was like in the Y2K time, where they were desperate to teach people Java. Like they, they needed so many people, now it turned out all to be for nothing, but <laughs> um, they needed all these people to learn Java, to go into these existing systems and fix them so they didn't break when the year 2000 came. There were a couple re, you know, systems that would have been dramatically impacted, but it was a huge scare that ended up not being really too scary. But as a result of that, I was forced or kind of pushed into teaching very, very early in my career. I mean, it was in my 20s teaching people Java. And I had only just learned Java myself. I had no degree in, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't have a degree in software. Like I did not build, you know, software. I didn't go to school. I didn't pay for a degree or get a certificate when I first started. Like I just went to Barnes and Noble and thankfully they still exist. I bought like several books every week that would teach me code and I would just go for it. Um, and I would learn it. I'd build sample apps. I'd stick them in a zip file or a, a folder on my hard drive and zip it up. And anytime I got, you know, invited by a recruiter to talk to them, I'd be like, hey, by the way, here's, you know, some sample code that I've built that I'd be happy to talk about. Um, and it, A, so learning by doing is awesome and you should do it. But on top of that, though, I was really um, very early in my career surprised by how much better I had to get at something when I realized I had to teach it, right? So I then started teaching for IBM. I was teaching five-day classes on object-oriented technology, object-oriented programming. I think I talked to you guys about this on a previous episode. I then taught Java for years. Then it moved into web services and service-oriented architecture and WSDL files and like SOAP, uh, um, all of these different you know technologies that were just super popular as we went through the 2000s. And, and teaching it forced me to learn it much better. So, so there's two benefits to starting to document what you know in the form of educational tutorials. Now, for some of you, you don't want to be on camera, and I totally get that. Podcasts are awesome. In tech, podcasts are a little bit harder because it's very difficult. If I right now tried to walk you through building an app, it'd be really hard for me to do that, even though sometimes I actually want to hear that. Um, it might be hard for you to stay with me, right, without a visual cue or anchor. Um, but there are concepts that you know and concepts that you learn that are perfectly access accessible through podcasts. But in addition to YouTube, podcasting, right, the other thing that I've done, which has been super successful, is build tutorials. Now, granted, these tutorials will go out of style, like the second, I use a lot of screenshots, so they're almost obsolete the second I publish them. However, it is still, I still get people today who send me email who say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for writing this tutorial. I built my first skill today, or I built my first app today, or you know, I was able to solve a problem at work today. And I wrote these tutorials one time to solve a problem for myself. I just documented it in a way that allows other people to solve the same problem. And I put it up there. We are in a totally different world today. And again, a lot of you that are younger are probably, I mean, you know this, but for those of us who've been in this industry a long time, like knowledge mining, the ability to go into YouTube 
or Google and search for what we need. You, if you are super clear and specific about the value you are providing or the lesson you are teaching, you are going to show up. More importantly, if you start doing this on a routine basis, people are going to look at you as someone who does this and they're going to ask you questions that'll help you build better content, that'll help you learn better skills, um, that will help you build your brand. So a lot of, uh, I, I see a lot of build your personal brand talk out there right now. And for me, as a woman in tech, my personal brand has literally been the life I've led. I don't want to create a brand. I don't want to like concoct a brand, like manufacture a brand. I just want to be known for what I do and what I'm good for um, and what I'm passionate about. And and so I'm happy, you know, when people come up to me like, oh my gosh, I watch your stuff. You're so enthusiastic is a word that people often use to describe me, which I love. Um, you know, so great to hear that you are a proponent and evangelist. Evangelist is another word. If that shows up next to my name, I'm like, yeah, cool. That's me. Um, AI, conversational AI, Alexa skills. Like I want to be known and aligned with the things that I'm passionate about and that I'm actively interested in building. And so in my mind, when you, when we talk about building a personal brand, it's literally about documenting what you do today in a way that teaches others to do the same that are just behind you and then creating and making sure you're doing things that you want to do, right? So that as you get better at these things and you teach them better, if a recruiter happens upon your blog or happens upon your LinkedIn profile that points to your YouTube channel, like if they are delighted by what they see, you want them to come to you and be like, hey, I've got this offer and it's directly in alignment with the things that you want to do, right? Don't go and build a bunch of YouTube videos about crap you don't want to do. <laughs> like, that's not good. That, that's not your brand. Do what you're passionate about, what you're excited about, that A, that'll come through in spades in your presentation of the material, whether it's written or audio or video. But B, or the second part of that, is don't you want to do what you love? Like there's this whole kind of myth about, you know, only you can only do what you love if you're like an artist or a writer or an author. And then at that, you won't make any money. I totally do not believe in that. I think that's hogwash, bah humbug. Do not believe in it. Um, I believe that if you start, and it's kind of like I am a firm believer in like the law of attraction and the power of positive thinking and not in a hooey, you know, fluffy way, in a very realist, optimist, um, you know, practical way, but only because it's literally formed the life that I have right now. So I am a firm believer. But you should curate the experiences that you want. Start building a brand around the things that you love and watch the universe, the world, right? Mold around you. Watch people come to you and infuse you with more opportunity, more um, more questions, things that you can use to build a better brand, to build more knowledge, to create this virtuous cycle. And that's why, you know, Jeff Bezos recently wrote an article about work-life harmony. And he's like, it's not like we're seeking out balance. And I totally agree with this. We're not seeking out balance. We're not seeking a 50-50, like I wanna love my life just as much as I love my work and I want to have 50% participation, 50%. Like we want 100% in both and we want to create a flywheel effect, right? Kind of like, and I'm a Peloton user, so I understand this concept of like, once you get going, you just have to add a little bit more energy to propel yourself even faster and faster. And when you are living in this space of doing the things that you love to do and 
then teaching others and then them doing what they love to do. And again, that's part of this virtual cycle. So I go home, I'm super jazzed up and excited about the work I did. I can close my laptop and I don't have to think about work when I'm with my kids. I don't have to be like, oh, I probably should check that email because I feel fully satisfied and fulfilled with the level of effort I put in during the day that I was at work. And then I can go home and be fully present with my family. You know, I, I kind of run the gamut here, but I'm just so, so passionate about you guys identifying what do you love to do? What is, who are you? And be confident. I certainly will be a proud supporter of you. Um, be confident about who you are and who you want to be and start documenting it. Because I guarantee you there's someone just like you who's five years behind you wishing that they had some guidance on what to do. What should they focus on? What should they learn? Um, and this is a great way to do that. So again, if YouTube's not for you, podcast. If voice is not for you, um, you know, build a blog. Like, it doesn't really, you're not doing this to get a bunch of users and become a millionaire influencer, though that very well may happen. Um, you're doing this to find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. And at the same time, help someone else. Like that's in my mind, like that's success. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm always excited to talk to you guys. So thank you for listening. I am so humbled and honored that you would spend a few minutes with me learning about the stuff that's in my head and hopefully using it to make your lives better. Thank you so, so much. I'm very, very um, honored to be uh, in your lives and, and that you have spent a few moments with me kind of learning some of the lessons that I've learned. So thank you. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.